0: Hi everyone, thank you for joining us for another podcast. My name is Oscar Way, Senior Economist at California Association of Realtors.
1: And I'm Jordan Levine. How's everybody doing?
0: Uh, Jordan, last time we did, what did we do last time? Uh, what's Housing Bubble. Two? Yeah. Yeah, and I know that it uh, got a lot of traction.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems to be a hot topic right now. Yeah.
0: So, so I figure, you know, since we talked about price last time, maybe we could talk about what price would do to people who live in California. Great so, idea. Again, we're going to have you know, the main topic and then we're going to give you guys some top five of five. Yep. So I think one of the things that we've talked about, um, about price, uh, what happened to um, people who live in California is you know, if prices go up a little too high, it will cause a little bit of a home migration.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, affordability is no picnic. We've seen that. Homeownership's taken it on the chin, obviously. And uh, it looks at least, according to the census data, right, that uh, some people have had enough.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think they just released a report in early or mid of November, and about uh, about 140,000 people in California actually moved out. Or, yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, that's, right. that's the tail of tape, right? People... Uh they they picked up and and actually left the state altogether and i think that even with california's kind of above average economic growth and things like that that's uh, a pretty telling statistic right
0: yeah definitely and of course uh... they evaluate all the different states and uh, California is. The second largest outflow, just behind New York, and of course, New York is high price. I don't know exactly what the price. Remember what the price is in New York, but well, it's really high. In California is just falling right behind.
1: Yep, we're peas in a pod from that perspective in terms of being unaffordable, and uh, and yeah, like you said, we're the second largest outflow. I would. Uh, kind of characterize it slightly different, say we're the second worst in the nation (laughs) in terms of driving people out of the state. And I think that's uh, a real concern. Obviously, it's a concern for us as realtors, right? Because the more people who, uh, you know, pick up and leave, it means that things are going to be weaker on the demand side for housing, all else, you know, staying constant. But also, I think it represents a big economic challenge, right? If we can't offer um, a housing market that makes it possible for businesses to effectively recruit and offer you know attractive compensation packages that people are going to actually have some kind of modicum of quality of life then uh you know, we're going to really need to tackle this issue because, again, it's uh, it's a realtor issue over the immediate term, right? That's 140-something thousand people, a lot of people yeah. who aren't going to be here. Actually, most of, of those folks, in fact, were um, homeowners, so they left the state and wherever they ended up, vast majority went to either, um, you know, Texas, Nevada, or Arizona, where obviously housing is uh-huh. is way cheaper. But uh, they went there. Not only did they go to these cheaper states, they went there and bought homes, right? So those were Californias would be or would have been uh, homeowners there, and, uh, and unfortunately, I think the, the cost of home ownership and just living here in general, if your rent's so high, how can you afford to save up for, for a down payment, things like that, um, you know, that again, people are, are kind of at their wits end and, and unfortunately see that the best financial option they have is to go ahead and move to some of these states where the economy isn't even growing as fast, but where um, they're just much, much more affordable.
0: I mean, with the environment that we're in, like, favorable mortgage interest rates. Right. And you said your job growth is high in California one of the highest state. I mean, you would have expected, you know, people want to move here. Yeah, yes. you
1: go where the jobs are, right? You go where the income is. Traditionally, that's been true. And, uh, you know, just this time, I think that uh, it's also those trends butt right up against this kind of chronic housing shortage and, and lack of affordability.
0: And also, uh, it's not just about... Uh, the the home prices you know if you take a look at average rent too you know when average rent is so much higher than other areas how can you save up enough for down payment
1: that's right yeah especially I mean in a lot of these markets the the typical rent is you know twenty five hundred dollars a month three thousand dollars a month in some of these markets where uh-huh. all the good jobs are and and even higher you know I think that a lot of folks in San Francisco would probably kill for a three thousand dollar a month uh, apartment really at this point in time and and with those kind of of rents, even if you're making, you know, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars as a young buck out of school, you know, you're not in the best of shape really.
0: That's true. That's true. I know you pull some stats um of uh, people moving out of state, and I still also know that you pull—you might have pulled some stats for people move, uh, moving within a state but to other counties. Maybe you can share some of those uh, with us.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the destination stuff is is really telling. I mentioned this already, but if you look at the, uh, you know, the amount of out migration that we've seen from California, I think we've had, um, you know. Over 1.1 million people leave the state over the course of the last decade or so, Uh um, including that 100-ish thousand adults that left last year. Um, But if you look at where they go, I think the the really telling thing is that one out of four went to texas right Uh um you know another one out of six went to arizona same for nevada and oregon so it's like you put all of those four states together that again aren't growing as fast economically but are much much more affordable and that accounts for you know three out of every four people who left california so they're not leaving for better economies or 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 anything like that it's it's a housing issue i think um and simple. And, and when you look at the trend, it, it actually died down during the downturn, right? One of the, uh, I guess, silver linings of the housing wow. collapse and just the broader global downturn was that we stopped hemorrhaging people, right? The economy was bad everywhere. So where would you go? You're not going to pick up and move to another state where the economy's um, just as bad as the one you're in currently, right? Um, and so actually out-migration slowed to the lowest levels in a long time in 2009 to 2012 time frame right but since then it's picked up pretty consistently every year and we're seeing more and more and in fact over the last two years we've had a triple digit out migration from california and i think that that really dovetails perfectly with what you see happening in in the housing market and i think the other thing that i would point out too is just who these people are who are leaving, because I I think that's a a critical point to point out, and it's an important distinction, because when you look at, at who these people are, and of course, when you combine it with California's reputation, right, you know, we've got a... A reputation for being hostile to business. We've got a oppressive state tax regime that drives people away. We overtax our high income earners. And I think there's a lot of, of truth to those criticisms. But, but I don't think those things are the backbreaker, because when you look at what's going on income-wise with those out migrants... The the vast vast majority, in fact, almost all of the out migration was concentrated in people making under a hundred a hundred thousand wow, dollars really? a year, right? So, which is for me, that's the exact opposite. If it was that our our tax rate is too progressive and we're putting too big of a burden on our high income earners, then those would be the folks you'd expect to see uh, fleeing the state. And in fact, we had. You know, just about 2,000 of the 140,000 were high income earners, right? So it's just a, a tiny, tiny fraction, even a, as a percentage of those those income groups, right? We're talking about less than half a percent of those groups leaving versus, you know, almost a full percentage point of folks in those bottom income categories. So it really is a, a middle income, a middle class issue where where the folks that we're driving away aren't our high-income earners. They're not our business owners who are the ones who are getting nailed the hardest by our our really high tax rates at the top end of the income scale. It's it's folks who can't afford to live here anymore. And I think that's a, a critical, critical thing to point out because it really speaks to what we need to do to fix the problem right if you buy into those business climate arguments then it means we need to go out and start getting um, corporate and state income tax rates down and that's really going to fix our problems and get us out of this out migration mess and i would argue that it's about building housing right it's about making housing more affordable by attacking this chronic supply issue that we have so that that incomes have a chance to catch up to where prices have gotten to um and so really, the, you know, having the right medicine is a function of having the, the symptoms properly diagnosed, right. and I think the symptoms are housing, right? And so that's where I think the focus needs to be from a solution standpoint as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the supply obviously uh, pushed up home prices, and we know that home prices have gone up. I mean of course last couple of years was not as dramatic as what we saw in 2012 and 2013 but of course 2012 2013 was really dramatic because of the housing market downturn all, all the way down to home prices at 300,000 right uh, even but even with our six or seven percent increase in home prices you know how many of us actually got an income growth or wage growth of six or seven percent every year yeah in the last couple of years it's been what two three percent at most and um, I think you were you, you hit hit the nail on the on the head. That is the the problem. A lot of people maybe after the recession, um, college graduates they come to they see a lot they see job growth in California. Yeah, let's they come go to and get those tech jobs. Yeah, let's go let's go get there and uh, try it out and see. And a lot of those um, fresh grads they they want to check it out and see they may not necessarily want to become a homeowner right away but then after a while after two or three years or so they realize well you know home prices are actually growing a little too fast I got to figure out something else right and you know it's probably the time when they figure out they need to settle down and um, at the same time I think um, got to realize that technology has improved quite a bit right. and I think uh, yes a lot of people are still staying in silicon valley and some of the other areas but of course uh there are people who can commute and telecommute and just work from you know out of state or some other places where deeper
1: in california and i think that's another really interesting point because when you look at how these uh migrants break down or how it breaks down geographically it almost looks like a two-step right and, and uh-huh. that's kind of a, i'm i'm not a creative person but but that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it, because when you look at where where things are shifting and how they're shifting, what you really see is that people who um, used to live in what I would call those core employment centers, right? Your L.A., Orange County, San Diego's, your uh-huh. uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, San Mateo's, uh, folks who used to live there are being priced out of those markets. They may make $150,000, $200,000 a year, still can't afford to live in those markets until you see those folks largely going to their, what I would call, quote unquote, bedroom communities, right? Uh And so you see a lot of movement from San Francisco, as an example, to places like Contra Costa, Solano County, San Joaquin County, even out to Stanislaus and Modesto areas. And those folks are basically um, sacrificing, like you said, a two hour drive to work in exchange for the ability to uh, afford to live and potentially own your own home. And you see the same thing down here in los angeles right where people who lived in downtown la or the west side potentially um, have been driven out farther and farther into places like pomona and deeper into the inland empire riverside san bernardino Uh uh, and it's really pumping up population incomes in those areas but but the second part of the two-step or where you square the circle is is really that those folks who used to live in places like the inland empire uh, the east bay and and places like the north bay that are more affordable even out towards Sacramento are the ones being driven completely out of the state right so you get those high income earners from San Francisco or their high income by inland empire standards at, If you know if we're talking about LA uh-huh. come up and drive up home prices in the inland empire and then no longer can can those kind of former residents of the inland empire afford and they're looking towards places like Phoenix like Austin Texas and Dallas and things like that and and so again it's uh, it's a function of housing and i think it's also critical that we're depriving our ourselves of a a hugely important workforce too, right? I mean, we have a lot of needs for things like you know construction workers other skilled workers computer programmers even make 90 grand a year in in san francisco and you can't even think about buying a 1.4 million dollar house which is the average um at those at those incomes and so we're going to lose critical workforce across both high and, and low wage and skilled categories and i think again circling back to it being not just a, a housing issue or an issue for realtors getting more transactions but this is going to become a bigger and bigger economic issue, right? They're Absolutely. building like crazy all over the South, and um, Denver's got a great tech hub in Seattle. Place. So, so these workers have options, and a lot of times the options come with much cheaper price tags on the housing costs. And so, again, I think that's going to be an ongoing trend, and, and hopefully it's something that motivates us to really get our act together on the supply side.
0: Yeah, and you you brought a very good point. Those workforce cannot um, live in California, and the employers are moving. Just like you know Toyota, for example, right. they move to some other places. Uh, of course, for them it costs less, but at the same time they know that they are going to attract people over there as well. Um, so that's that's very reasonable and, and that's very... Um, Attractive, yeah. right,
1: for those workers. I mean, yeah, Toyota is a great example. In fact, I was talking to uh, the economist from Toyota a while back, and she said, actually, the uh, the workers who worked in Torrance, where I used to live, are, are moving out and, and right. taking up their jobs, or at least were offered the chance to take up their jobs out in Texas where they're moving. They get to keep their salaries, right? So they're maintaining... Their salaries from from what they spent to live in that's Southern nice. California, you take those out to Texas, you're in pretty good shape, right? You got your California wages with your Texas home prices, and that's a, a recipe for for a lot of uh, quality of life, or enjoyment and comfort. I would say.
0: Yeah, and if you are if you're homeowners in California and then sell and uh, buy in Texas, hey, that that would be great, you know.
1: You might be looking at some early retirement. So
0: yeah, so I think we definitely need to do something regarding the uh, the supply side. You know, that's what we have been hammering on. All the time, um, and um, the the other thing is, you said you know they move to uh, places like Solano, Sonoma, and Inland Empire, and we have been seeing home prices in those areas actually uh, rising pretty fast in the last uh, year or so. For Solano, for example, I think it was one of the highest uh, increase in price um, in the last year, and of yeah. course Riverside, San Bernardino. Where could you go if you cannot move to uh, those areas? Right. And also, I think. Uh, you know, we are seeing a little bit more uptake in terms of job growth in that area and in the Lampard too. Of course, right now it's fine. But, you know, what's going to happen after that?
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, if you look at the supply situations, even in those more affordable areas, they're still under building, especially with the influx of migrants from the more expensive areas that, uh, you know. You can't hang on to your affordable status for long if you uh, follow follow the coastal areas and then start underbuilding, right? Then you're yeah. gonna have a, the same problem a, a few years down the road.
0: Very, very true.
1: Well, we'll keep you know uh, looking at those uh, migration
0: data and definitely let you guys know you know when we have an update. Now, segue a little bit. Um, we talked about increase in home prices, yep. and uh, because of increase in home prices, there's also uh, a slight increase in. Um, Conforming loan limits. You know, the government has to do something. Finally, yeah. So let's uh, move into our top five of five. The conforming loan limit actually increased. Uh, usually, uh, they make adjustment in November, mid of November, maybe a lightly, uh, slightly after Thanksgiving. And this year, they actually at the national level they changed. They adjusted the um, maximum conforming loan limit for one unit property from four hundred fifty three thousand one hundred to four. I'm sorry, for four twenty four one hundred to four fifty three. 100 in 2018 so that's a 6.8 percent increase
1: which is almost in line with what prices did
0: yeah and while next year we're predicting a 4.2 percent increase in price in California so um, you know whether that is good enough I don't know of course Uh, being that California is a high-cost state right a lot of the areas like LA San Francisco San Mateo they actually have a higher uh, loan limit Um, the uh, loan limit, the highest maximum loan limit for California the ceiling is six seventy nine, six fifty. Wow! Now, of course, even with that, well, let's say if someone put a twenty percent down payment, that would be somewhere around what eight hundred, eight hundred fifty, or something like that. Right.
1: What What is the home price in uh, San Francisco? I don't think they even have <laughs> eight hundred thousand dollar homes in San Francisco anymore. So you're still going to be up against it. Um, but you know, again, for for some of these other areas, it's uh, it'll be at least some relief to uh, to the buyers out there who can squeak in under that conforming loan limit.
0: Yeah, so for the most part, for most counties, they're up 6.8%. But what I mentioned earlier about Sonoma and Solano, um, you know which county actually has the highest uh, increase in conforming loan limit? Let's see.
1: What is it? Tell me. It
0: is Sonoma with 8.9%. Wow. Are you surprised, though? I mean, people are moving to Solano and Sonoma.
1: I mean, it kind of buttresses our arguments on the migration stuff, right? Because Sonoma is a a prime location for people on the peninsula who who can no longer afford to live there. True. Very true.
0: Um, There are four other counties that actually did not see any increase. I'm a little surprised with uh, one being Santa Barbara. But uh, Santa Barbara is... uh, it has you know uh, two areas one areas with lower uh, home prices the other areas with a little bit higher right maybe the mix of sales changed a little bit and that might have affected their uh, adjustment on, on conforming loan limit um so you know yes a little bit of relief next year yeah um at the same time you know continue we continue to see increase in price and sales so um that's the second point i want to point out yeah is the uh, national uh, home sales yes i think uh they just released, NAR just released their number recently. Yep. Um, price obviously continued to increase on a year over year basis. Uh, but sales on a month to month basis also increased, but very similar to what we expected uh, on a year over year basis has dropped. Right. Um, and I think, and I don't know, I don't have their pending na- numbers in front of me, but I think uh, if there are following what we are doing, most likely next month will probably drop, right?
1: Yep, yeah, we saw negative in terms of uh, pending coming down the pike. We'll know more next week, obviously, when we release our sales and price numbers for November, but uh, we did see a big drop in pending and, and also, we knew that uh, that last year was a relatively high month by right, November right. standards. And so I think, again, we can expect that the pace of growth will cool. It's been cooling already, right? I know. Every month since the first quarter, growth has been slower than it was the month before. And, and I think you'll expect that to continue and, and potentially even dip negative this uh, in the last two months of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that will be the case. Now, that's because I want to hit my uh,
1: forecast more Your mark. forecast number. You've <laughs> kind of put your money where your mouth is on this one.
0: I know, exactly. and um, But also one, also one thing that you know we definitely need to mention is the inventory. Yeah. yeah. At the national level, just like California, inventory has been low also. I think it's also dropped by double
1: digit. Right. I think this might have been the first double digit drop na- nationwide, and we've been declining by double digits for uh, about a year straight. Yeah, quite some time. Of course, we are uh, definitely d- uh, lower in terms of inventory level. We're at, what,
0: three months right now compared to their 3.9 months.
1: Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, everything that you see in the nationwide news is even worse and more acute here in California, at least on the housing front.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, Now, of course, on a more positive note, the economy. The economy is doing well. The economy is doing well. But I'm not I'm not betting on getting a four percent you know GDB growth
1: rate though. Oh no! So should I put <laughs> the champagne cork back in? Maybe. Well, three point three is not too shabby though. Right, and which was higher than they had originally set. So we got the. Uh the revised number, and they said that actually the July to September period was up instead of 3%, it was 3.3%, as right. you mentioned, which is uh, a great number by by current standards. It's actually a fairly average number by by historical standards, but uh-huh. for this cycle, it, it represents pretty pretty solid growth.
0: Yeah, and, and of course, uh, I actually was not expecting such a high growth at first because of what happened in the, um, the hurricanes and all that. Happening in Texas, Florida. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, when you, you know, kind of drill down to it, it's because of uh, investment. Right. Um, I guess people are pumped up because of what's going on with the uh, business environment. Um, we probably will see um, some growth potential in uh, fourth quarter and first quarter, depending on what's going on with uh, the tax reform, right? Right,
1: definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, rates are still low. I think corporate profits are are doing decently. The stock market, their companies are valued at high levels, right? And, uh, And finally, we're seeing them throw money. And also, I would say the commercial real estate Uh, real estate side of the equation is doing fairly well at this point in time in terms of, uh, you know, rising rents, fairly low vacancy rates. And and so there might be some capital, you know, going into that commercial real estate space as well. It's a good time to invest in in expanding your facilities, right, which is the biggest source of the increase in terms of the revision and also just building up your inventory base, which might be a, a positive indicator in terms of what you expect for future sales, right? If you're building right. your inventories now, and we know that the manufacturing sector has come back a bit in the fourth quarter so far. And so uh, those are all really positive things. But again, I, I'm with you that I don't think that we're gonna get <laughs> uh, rocketed up to, to 4% with this tax reform stuff, especially because of what it might mean for the housing market right and of course assuming that we're not going to have a shutdown correct yeah and i mean yeah that one i would throw in the wild cards category and there's always a bunch of wild cards that uh, could upset even what we know right now
0: absolutely i don't want to get too political so i'm not going to throw in those wild cards right now thank you um now another thing that we want to keep an eye on of course is uh inflation and inflation has a lot to do with uh energy prices Oil prices. I think uh, in one of the weekly updates we talk about oil prices. As some see, we we saw some fluctuation. I think last week uh, oil prices uh, went up a little bit yep. because of OPEC saying that they want to keep the production cut um, and for another year. Yeah. Now that of course kind of pushed prices up a little bit, but earlier part of this week, uh, U.S. also in, uh, released their inventory figures.
1: Right. And because of those inventory figures, it's actually actually pushed prices down a little bit. Yeah, we've got tons and tons of oil, right? We got barrel loads. Yeah, I think uh, it's always going to fluctuate a little
0: bit, and the reason why is, of course, it depends on you know, how much we have as inventory for, this, for U.S., it depends on uh, the demand. I think because of I mean, I hate to say that, but you know, when we go on a freeway, we live in uh, South Southern California.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you we can s- see how how important oil is in our economy when you uh, get in your car every morning to go to work. So. Yeah,
0: and I don't think uh, in the next. Uh, Year two, we're going to have autonomous car or a car that doesn't require any oil. So I think uh, it's still the demand is still there. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, also depends on uh, what OPEC is doing.
1: Sure. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, you know, for me, I think the the thing that I I would throw in as well is that we also have here in California the gas tax just went up. Right. So That's not only true. are we paying more for the raw crude to bring in uh but then california obviously has to refine it to a much higher standard because of our emission standards and things like that and then on top of that we have this uh, additional gas tax to pay for all of our roads and bridges that voters put through and <laughs> right. uh which is probably much needed investment i'm not poo-pooing that at all uh but you know it's it's kind of the double whammy from a consumer standpoint that uh, we're gonna be paying more at the pump
0: yeah and of course uh you, even though you know, when we take a look at inflation, we look at core inflation, and does not necessarily take into account all the uh, cost of uh, or energy prices. Some of those volatile things, yeah. But it triggers in. You know that it triggers into other uh, products. You know, so you know, eventually it may actually lead to higher inflation. Yeah. Why are we concerned about inflation? Of course, interest rates. Uh, also is the reason why uh, if inflation goes up interest rate goes up
1: yep the fed responds to inflation right so if there's more inflation they're going to raise fed funds rate more and you're going to see um, overall interest rates in the economy rise and and so that's a critical point for housing obviously especially in an unaffordable state like california where every basis point counts right from uh from an affordability standpoint in terms of how much you have to pay in interest
0: yeah, right now we're still seeing a slightly below four percent. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of next year we see a four point five. Yeah. Um, because we are, I think we we didn't really talk about this uh, last time, or maybe we did, about the um, interest rate possibly rising at, at the very last meeting of the
1: FOMC. Yep. Um, I still believe that th- is going to be the case. I do too. I'll put myself out there and say I'm expecting it. I think all of the the analysts out there are expecting, and I read somewhere that the probability was almost 100%. So. Oh, wow,
0: that's high. So of people course, are
1: pretty confident. That's the
0: last time that Janet Yellen can do something about interest rates, I think. So
1: Yeah, hey, if she cares about leaving a legacy, then she can at least say that she did her <laughs> part to combat inflation. And I do think we'll see that 25 basis point increase.
0: All right, well, so lastly, I want to just kind of wrap it up. I know we talked about this uh, last time when we talked about tax reform, but maybe a little bit of an update. Oh,
1: man, that's like a whole podcast in and of <laughs> itself. Just really quick. No, yeah. Uh, so both bills have uh, have been passed by their respective chambers. The House passed their version. The Senate passed theirs in the dead of night uh, with some <laughs> some wacky changes. Actually, came in on Monday morning with uh, doing a lot of gymnastics to catch up with these changes that just happened even over the weekend. Uh-huh. But uh, again, even after doing another look at both at, at the Senate bill, and now as they move to conference to try and right. reconcile the two bills, ultimately both houses have to pass, or both chambers of the Congress, I guess, have to pass uh, identical versions right. of the bill to send to the president for signature. And so we don't even know how it's going to ultimately shake out. They're still wrangling. Are they going to go with a more senate-esque version which uh you know maintains a ten thousand dollar property tax deduction or not are they going to go you know whose mortgage interest deduction cap are they going to go with what's going to happen with state and local income taxes um those things unfortunately are still up in the air but what we know is that based on the, the details that were released on Saturday, that it's still going to be a hit for homeowners in California. Absolutely, It's yes. still going to have negative impacts on the incentive for folks to uh, become a homeowner and and ultimately we're we're just worried about it from a home ownership standpoint and so um, nothing concrete and definitive to report but it does seem to have a lot of momentum and uh, i would say the likelihood of it getting hammered through is is high but i think that we've done a great job of raising awareness and at least chipping away and get some of these concessions um, that we've seen to date like the putting back in of some of the property taxes and things like that i mean it's not um, perfect, but uh, to the extent that we can get some more housing-first uh, policies included before it's all wrapped up, then, then I think that we should still kind of keep the fight going.
0: Yeah, we definitely should. A couple questions. Um, first, do you think it's going to pass before Christmas?
1: <laughs> You're putting me on the say, spot. Yeah. I, I would say there's a lot of motivation and desire to get it done. It seems like there's been a lot of Uh, coming together, but I think there's a lot of disparate groups that they're trying to bring under one umbrella too, even within uh, the Republican Party. I think there's a lot of diversity of views and and it's hard to please everybody. And so I think that it's it's likely that we'll see something get knocked through before Christmas, but I, I leave open the possibility that this persists into my new year. I'm glad that I asked you first because if you asked me that question, I probably would have to say, well, we didn't talk
0: to government affairs. The second question is, um, if it got passed, do you think it's going to be more like the House version or the Senate version?
1: I think it's going to look more like the – I think it's going to be a hybrid, honestly. I think you might get the property tax thrown back in. Um, into the senate version which right. was something that was originally in in the house but I think they are going to bring down that cap on the, on the mortgage interest deduction from what current law is so I think it's going to end up being a blend where you're going to maybe get they're going to throw us a bone on the property tax side but uh, kind of take it away from us, on the other hand, by lowering the MID cap, which is uh, critically important for California because of our home prices are just yeah. so high that the av- the quote-unquote average home is, is already buttoned up against some of those limits. I know.
0: I know. Well, we'll keep fighting, and hopefully, uh, I don't know at this point whether we, we can do a lot, but... Uh
1: and we'll do one more podcast here at the uh, the tail end of the year when we know what Janet did in her final meeting and, and when we know what happened in November's housing data. And uh, and hopefully by then we'll also have some more insights at least into where things are going on the tax reform front.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again for tuning in. And um, we will uh, be in touch again. And we'll post another one up uh, very shortly before the end, the, the end of the year.
1: Yep. See you next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye!